This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go. Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Someone who is arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, that Antonio Brown, is now an Oakland Raider. What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome back to episode number 35, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. And this is going to be another fun one for us. We have another fun guest coming up. Um, But I have a little announcement. Uh, Our t-shirt companies have actually been swapped around. As a part of Blue Wire, we have shifted our merchandise from DC4L to Design Tree. Thank you, Dan. You were always there for me since day one making my shirts. You're always supportive. Uh, And, you know, you're still there. And I have no doubt that we'll still be doing business in the future. But for now, check out all of our merchandise on Design Tree. Uh, that's at dsgntree.com. I will also be adding links to shirts um, on my website at raidercody.com. Uh, we have a couple new shirts even kind of getting introduced. We have the traditional logo in the front, and then we have the small Raider Cody podcast on the chest with the logo on the back. They're pretty cool, all priced at $25. Uh, so yeah, buy one and support your favorite Raiders podcast. But guess what, guys? We have made it through the dry part of football season. It's finally coming. You're listening to this episode. Training camp is finally here. Rookies reported on Tuesday with Derek Carr and a few select veterans uh, that may be even probably contributing to some hard knocks footage. Uh, Then the rest of the team reported on Friday with Antonio Brown floating in on a hot air balloon, uh, then coining the phrase, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. But on Wednesday, fullback Keith Smith suffered a knee injury while training and will be out the first few weeks to begin training camp. Sources say we may sign another fullback before camp starts. As it stands now, I believe our starting fullback for the season will be our undrafted free agent Alec Ingold out of Wisconsin, uh, no matter what, given this injury or not. But there's a chance we had another guy for camp. And no, please do not start saying Chris Warren to fullback. On Thursday, it has been reported that the Raiders are expected to exercise their 2020 option to hold training camp in Napa again next year. And even though all players reported on Friday, there were no on-field workouts for the vets. Instead, we did get to see a joint Mayock and Gruden presser. Always good to hear from Coach, and was really good to hear from Mayock. A couple of my biggest takeaways was hearing how he's really monitoring the access that Hard Knocks is getting. 
Um, I know a lot of us were real concerned, I guess, with the distraction that Hard Knocks is bringing. Uh, so, you know, they'll still be having closed doors. They will be controlling privacy. Uh, don't expect that to take away from any entertainment, though. It sounds like the front office and HBO have a plan in place to satisfy all parties. One more thing regarding Mayock. I was really impressed to hear the involvement that he has with the team and with the players. He's almost more than just our general manager at this point. He's kind of carving himself a role to have a huge impact in many places in the building. Uh, That's definitely going to help us with a future connection and what cultural changes that he wants to make in the future. Also from that presser, we learned from John Gruden that offensive guard Denzel Good is recovering from a lower back surgery, expected to have two months of recovery. That means there's almost no doubt that he won't be available for the two games that Richie Incognito is suspended. Guess that tells us the real reason that Jonathan Cooper was signed. Sounds like Cooper and Lester Cotton will be in heavy competition for that temporary starting guard spot weeks one and two. And lastly, shortly after the press conference on Friday, the team announced its official pup and non-football injury lists. As expected, Keith Smith and Denzel Good were on those lists, but there was a surprise. Antonio Brown was added to the non-football injury list, most likely something very, very minor, so I wouldn't sweat it. The team is rumored to have known about this for a couple weeks now, so it was definitely expected. Could be precautionary, as there's no rush to get him into camp. I'd expect that status to change sometime around the next time you hear us on this podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just super excited to have all the guys back in the building, having camp going underway. Um, But we have another great guest coming on here first before we start talking about training camp stuff with Kenny King. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and bring on a buddy of mine. Uh, We've followed each other on Twitter now for quite some time. He's a big-time Hoops fan. Um, I really followed his feed, actually, mainly through this crazy NBA free agency, but he has a really uh, raw, good Raiders football opinion. And he also, uh, he's kind of part of our Blue Wire family now. He's launching a new podcast. Uh, So whenever I heard that news, I figured I'm going to take this opportunity, bring him on here, chat it up with him a little bit, uh, you know, get him burning some mics with us. And I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to take this quick break. And when we come back, joining me is going to be the newest member of the Blue Wire family, Eddie Gonzalez. Joining me now is Blue Wire's most recent addition to our lineup of podcasts, and that's Tampering Season, an NBA culture podcast. But lucky for us, the host is also a big-time Raiders fan. So let's welcome in Eddie Gonzalez, otherwise known as Bansky on Twitter. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's going on, man? Happy happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Welcome to the podcast world. So I thought I'd come let you come on here as a guest. I'm sure you're going to get plenty of yourself and uh, break you in a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's gonna be a fun experience. I'm excited for it, man. And uh, it's something that's kind of been in the works for a while. So happy to get it going finally. Yeah, you got to tap into to new ventures. But first off, man, um, tell me a little bit more about your podcast. I know episode one is gonna be dropping anytime. What exactly do you envision for it right now? Yeah, well, 
you know, with the way the NBA is, it's it's a 365 day a year sport now. And, you know, the games matter, of course, but everything else matters, too. We care about what guys wear. We care about what they say. We care about what they post on social media. We care about what they're doing when they leave the arena. Um, And this podcast is going to be that, like the coverage of that, because that's the way we watch the sport. You know, as soon as the game's in, we go see who's posting on Instagram. Like, it's it's July now, and th- this should be the slowest part of the of the year. And we're watching guys play pickup basketball in gyms in New York. So, you know, <laughs> we're just covering everything. You know, the culture of this league, and, and and more in tune with the way we watch it than you know most of the other podcasts I see and I hear. No, I I like that, and I think you have the perfect recipe too, man. The NBA is definitely going to like cater to the needs of your podcast, especially given how much, in my opinion, it's kind of just more of a player's league. Yes. Uh, you know, team rivalries are starting to be washed out by player rivalry rivalries, you know, basketball fans. They almost don't even care who their favorite team was. Like I was, you know, I was just telling you before we got on air, I'm a Laker fan, but at this point I kind of just feel like sometimes I just claim them and I'm still over here cheering for other <laughs> NBA players, no matter almost who yeah. they play for. But, uh, you know, I like it. I think you got something good brewing over there, man. Yeah. And this is all part of that. Like, you know, when you when you're a fan of a player, you might follow that guy on Instagram and you might follow his buddy and you might if he has a kid, you might follow his kid. And that's all part of it. That's all part of why yep. we root for the players uh, even more so than the team. Then we got league pass so you can watch every player, every team. And you end up, you know, you grew up a Laker fan and you end up watching enough. I don't know, Miami Heat games and mm-hmm. saying, you know, I really like Jimmy Butler. Like I'm a Jimmy yep. Butler fan, too. So, yeah, it's just kind of just grasping that and attacking coverage of that league in that sense, you know, in the the same sense that we watch it. So hopefully, you know, it catches on. Hopefully, you know, what I think is right. And this is how we watch the league. And we need to start talking about the league like this. Of course, everyone here knows that we're we're diehard Raider podcast and all my listeners know I kind of like to push the idea that it's bigger than football. I like that you kind of have like a little bit. Maybe it's bigger than basketball also for these players. Yes. And that's um, exactly what our first episode is about, actually. So that's funny ooh, you mentioned that. <laughs> there we go. That's good stuff, man. I definitely I, I can't miss it then. I can't miss it. So that's right up my right. alley. But uh, considering uh, you're just like me, man, your football IQ uh, is definitely higher than the average fan. But. You like to focus kind of on the culture of sports, like what we're saying. So I want to tap into that with just the Raiders real quick, man. You ready for that? I'm ready. Cool. So obviously, I hate to start it off this way, but we've been in a slump, man. We've kind of had this curse for a long time. Winning hasn't been easy for us. Uh, What type of mentality, man, does it take for you to support this team through thick and thin? Well, you know, I'm like a lot of guys when it comes to the Raiders where, and I guess this applies to a lot of teams too, but I feel like the Raiders more so than any like I was born into being a Raider fan. Like my dad's a Raider fan, mm-hmm. my grandpa, my uncle, everybody who was going to introduce me to football is a Raider fan. And so therefore I was a Raider fan. Yeah. So like I was born in 85 and we, this has kind of been the norm. Like we get a good season every now and then. And then it's, you know, this, so I wouldn't even call it a slump. Like, you know, like in a, in a weird way, this is, this is normal <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as far as getting through it, I mean, like, I, I feel like deep down in a weird way, we enjoy this. We enjoy kind yeah. of being, you know, we're, we're going to beat a really good team next year and going to make people mad. And yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's fun. You know, like, so I, I think, you know, like, you know, it becomes what it's Stockholm syndrome. Like mm-hmm. we're used to this. I do have a positive outlook for this season. Though. I don't don't want to make it sound like I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be pretty good this year. So that's. <laughs> kind of how i'm getting through it 
I'm, I'm, I'm positive about this season. I like that. I like to kind of go back to the uh, 2014 season sometimes. 0-10, and, and here we are, you know, getting our first win against Kansas City in Oakland. Yeah. And I swear that was, dude, that was like a like a mini Super Bowl for us. You know what I mean? Like Yo, we genuinely was, enjoyed that. It was insane. It was crazy. And you're right. Where we, not every team goes to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> that doesn't mean every season is unsuccessful. And sometimes your season can be defined by a win like that. So it that felt like the beginning of a new era. And obviously the next two seasons definitely felt like it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these last two seasons, there's a million reasons why things are the way they are right now. I, think they're on the way up though i really i honestly do and yeah you know maybe we'll get into that a little more too but yeah yeah you know i think for a lot of fans my age and you know our age group yeah the the, the rich gannon john gruden years those were the you know the peak of raiders but you know i think there's more in store for us coming forward yeah i've explained that I, i've explained this before i was born in 92 so whenever you go through that the the last john gruden era I mean, I was I was a big Raider fan. I, I went to some games, you know, but my uh, I guess sports mentality wasn't fully developed. I didn't quite understand it, um, so I wasn't able to like really feel it. So now, uh, man, my my football experience has kind of just been this last mm, 15, 16 years. Uh, so you know, I I take it for what it is. I enjoy every bit of it, and I've always said, man, like, dude, I I watch Raiders. I support the Raiders. I go to games to have a good time, to get away from daily stresses, man. I don't want to I don't want to be a right. Raiders fan and, and go crazy for this team just to stress myself out more. Like that's not what this is all about, dude. You know, I'm like if you catch me watching the game during those 3 hours, I'm gonna look like a lunatic most most <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But when it's over, I'm usually like, all right, like, yeah. <laughs> let me wind yeah. down and get over it. I got yeah. another week. Yeah, but, I might uh, pout for like an hour or so, but, you know, I'll right. get over for <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly, man. That's the Raider experience, I guess, though. <laughs> uh, but like we're talking about all these roller coaster rides, man. You lived in the Sacramento area, then you relocated to the East Coast, and now your football team is kind of relocating as well, coming from Oakland, going to Las Vegas next year. Um, how are you feeling about that, man? I'm excited. You know, I'm happy that they're going to get a new stadium, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to have the backing of another local group. And, you know, I like I said, I was born in 85. The Raiders were the Los Angeles Raiders, the Raiders okay, that I knew. Yeah. And then they became the Oakland Raiders. And, I, you know, I, some fans don't want to hear it. I'm not attached to the city in that sense. I'm a Raider fan. I remember I did a story uh, when the – Charles Woodson's last game, and it might have been the Raiders' last game in Oakland at the time. They, they weren't sure. And uh, I interviewed a bunch of people around the stadium, and I talked mm-hmm. to a bunch of famous Raider fans. And I remember Gorilla Rilla was one I talked to, and he said that, you know, I'm a Raider fan. Like, wherever they play, I'm a Raider. That's that's what I am. And I'm the same way. So if they're going to Vegas, I'm all for it. Uh, that Las Vegas is going to look a little weird on the hats or whatever, but yeah. they're always going to be wearing the silver and black. They're always going to have the gray helmets. They're always going to have – you know, the pirate on the patch. So that's the Raiders to me. And, uh, you know, I hope it helps them get free agents or whatever that needs to help them do. I hope it does. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to that stadium. I'm looking forward to, you know, feeling that energy and you know, rooting the team on from there. I have family in Vegas. And, you know, I, I, I don't think there's going to be a big drop off. I know some people are real dramatic about it and think it's, mm. you know, a bunch of people are going to quit on them. I don't, Vegas is eight hours, ten hours from Oakland. Like you know, it's 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 three hours from LA. 
there's yep. going to be Raider fans there. You know, there's going to oh, be yeah. Raider fans everywhere. The Raiders are a global brand. So I'm excited. I'm happy. I, I was never in doubt. I was never going to quit the team. You know, that's I grew up with this team. I, I'm, I'm going to be with them forever. 100%. And given that we just started this podcast, obviously, you know where we stand, too. We wouldn't, uh, You're right. <laughs> wouldn't fire this thing up just to quit, you know, yeah. in a year. But uh, I tell you, I like it. I like how you, you talked about Las Vegas being on the hats because um, even, you know, whenever I was a kid, maybe we weren't in Los Angeles, but my dad still always rocked his Los Angeles gear. He grew up a Los Angeles Raiders fan, and he still to this day rocks his Los Angeles Raiders. I see it in Oakland. I see it all over the place. I mean, yeah. if we go to Vegas and people, I, I hope people still, you know, I mean, it, it's history. So I hope, you know, we still see some Oakland. I hope we still see some LA. And I hope, you know, there shouldn't be any problem with it. I hope Vegas is, is very welcoming to that. I think they should be. It did. Um, but I, hopefully, man, hopefully everything, it, it's at that point, it's just, it's Raider Nation, man. We got three big um, cities. We got three big uh, markets now all combined. Uh, really just hopefully representing for Raider Nation in there, man. Yeah, and, you know, I, it's not the Raiders' fault they didn't stay in Oakland. Like, anybody who's been in a game at the Coliseum in the last four or five years, like, they needed a new stadium. They did, there's no way around it. The city of Oakland couldn't afford that. And there's a bunch of, you know, reasons. But it's not that just, they're just abandoning Oakland. They you know, they got a better deal. They, yeah. I, I know the idea is that Mark Davis is, like, this absentee terrible owner, but – if you look at the moves he's actually made, he yeah he, he seems to not be a terrible owner. Dude, so and <laughs> this, this this is part of the team. Like this is part of increasing profitability and marketability for their team. Is getting that arena, is getting that stadium, and you know getting into a big city and continuing to grow the brand. And he's done that. You know, and not everybody's gonna like the way he does that, but not everybody likes any change. So it's no different from that. Yeah, I was on board with the you know the stay in Oakland thing. I was one of the guys. I still have. Course, I saw this. Yeah. I have the stay in Oakland sign still posted up in my garage. You know, I supported it, wanted it to happen. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if anyone here doesn't want to hear this, but um, I think this weighs more heavy on the actual city of Oakland, and that's where you know you see it happening even with the Warriors. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are optimistic even with the A's. Um, hopefully, Oakland can at least keep one major sports team there with the Oakland A's. Um, but I can see talks have already kind of even sputtered with them. Um, so we'll see how that you know is down the road, but. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. For the most part, I, I like what Mark has done. I think he's got a lot of flack, maybe his first few years, but now, dude, he's brought in John Gruden. He's brought in Mike Mayock. He's brought in some personalities. We're on freaking hard knocks. <laughs> he's created a very characteristic football team. You know, what I mean, people are interested in this franchise. So uh, you can't you can't knock the owner's hustle, man. He's definitely doing his job. He's making himself some money. So I, I, I'm on board, man. We're we're supporters here of the front office for sure. You know, one of the first things he did when his father passed is he hired a general manager. You know, he hired Reggie McKenzie and mm-hmm. essentially said, you know, I don't I don't know football in and out like this. I need help and hired people to help. And you know, people were really happy with how that was going for a while. And people had their opinions on Reggie and his drafting and such and such. And so then he hired a, a draft expert, essentially, and said, all right, if that was going bad, then let's make sure we hit on these picks. We've loaded our team up to be built on picks. Let's make sure we hit on these picks. Any he hired would turn him out to a draft expert. So I I like his his plan. I like mm-hmm. his moves. Even Gruden, like giving him ten years is crazy. Uh, <laughs> and hundred hundred million dollars, it's crazy yeah. on paper. But I I get that he's thinking long term, and yeah. that's kind of why last season doesn't bother me so much. Like he essentially cleared the deck. And what I yeah. try to tell 
what I try to tell so many Raider fans last year as this was happening is like, yo, they just they just went six and ten. And 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 they they probably could have been worse than six and ten. Oh yeah, this yeah. wasn't this this wasn't a good football team. Like, no. and in order ball, to we can do nothing. Mm-mm. Yeah, and 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 you can blame as as much of it on on Todd Downing as you want, and and we can we can argue about it till the crows come, right? But <laughs> yeah. point being, this wasn't a good football team, and clearly Gruden and 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 um uh, and Mark evaluated and said it, it, the talent was a big part of it as well. And I don't know why that's so hard to see for so many people. You know, it's not like Mario Edwards Jr. killed it in New York. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Mac move obviously hurts, nah, but you yeah. could you you could see the thinking, you could see the thought process. Like yeah, you know that they had their price tag and said if we can get this many picks, then we'll do it, and they did it. Um, but their understanding was like this team isn't good enough, and you're either a Super Bowl contender or you're that. You're six and ten. So I get it. I'm completely on board. Like I kept trying to explain to people, he signed that coach for ten years. So this is a long term thing, and they're gonna take the long term approach. And I'm, you know, I thought they've made a lot of progress this year. So it yeah. may be faster than I thought. So you're gonna tell me that the front office people, you're gonna tell me that John Gruden and Mike Mayock, the guys that were paying millions of dollars, you're telling me that they know more about football. Then Raider fan Steve with 46 <laughs> followers on Twitter. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you're telling me the people at, at the head of this billion-dollar business have a plan, have some outline of a plan? No way. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I got to regroup. I wasn't really... I wasn't really expecting this conversation. I thought I thought we knew more than what the organization did. Ah, oh, you know, yeah, it's all right, man. <laughs> so I, I, like, I like your mentality, man, obviously. Uh, glass is half full with you. Glass is always half full with me. So, um, uh, you know, I'm going to start getting, I'm going to start cracking your brain a little bit, man. Is this team, are we a playoff team this year, man? I, I feel like, I feel like the answer to that question is how good are the chargers? Ooh, okay. <laughs> if we can win more games than the chargers, I think so. I think the, the chiefs are the class of the division. I hate them. I think they are right now. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, like when I get in the deepest, darkest recesses of Raider Twitter in my safe <laughs> zone, I start to wonder like, is 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 Mahomes headed for like the RG three arch? Mm. Are we gonna is the league gonna figure him out? Is he gonna just suddenly be not as effective? I, I don't think so. He's great. He seems to be great. Yeah. Uh but I think this offense will get closer to looking like what John Gruden's offense is supposed to look like. I think another year of continuity for Derek Carr under the same coordinator and the same coach will be beneficial. Uh, 2016 was his only year he's had a court, offense coordinator for a second season in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that spells, you know, a positive. Obviously, Antonio Brown might be the best receiver in football. That makes their offense better immediately. So the offense will be good. I think, you know, beyond winning more games than the Chargers, the, the key for this team is the defensive line. And uh, that's crazy. A year removed from getting rid of Khalil Mack. It's like, yeah, of course. But, yeah, it's it's the key. Uh, having Eddie Vanderdose back will be good, will be helpful, and we'll see. If they can get pressure on the quarterback, they turn into a much different team. The corners look better, mm-hmm. the linebackers look better, and so on and so on. So I think it could be a playoff team. Uh, some things need to break their way. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and the offensive chemistry will be huge. To me, it's a defensive line, and then, you know, 1B would be Derek Carr. Or what Derek yeah. Carr are we getting? Uh is he is he healthy? Is he back? 
uh, does he have the offense where he wants it? Uh, I'm see, I'm all on board the car train like I always <laughs> have been because yeah. I grew up with awful quarterbacks. Yeah. So I think he can. I think he can rise to that level again. And so, yeah, I think we could be a wild card team. I think the division might be a little tough, but I think we could be a wild card team. We got the tools to do it. You're right. Um, and I'm not necessarily – I mean, everyone knows I'm kind of the, I don't know how many times I got to say it, I'm the president of the Derek Carr stand club. I'm just going to own it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just take it for what it is, man. And it, you know, uh, I just support the guy, uh, is how it goes. I'm not going to, you know, battle to the grave for him necessarily, but I do support what he does. He has a good work ethic and he likes to be a Raider. Um, yeah. so I like him as a Raiders fan. Absolutely. Um, so I like to see this jump for him, I think it is going to be the key to our success. Um, hopefully last year, as ugly as it was, I'm going to keep calling it a blessing in disguise. Uh, as many injuries as he's fought through, uh, he went through last year, took more sacks than he ever has. And for what we know, he didn't get hurt. Um, he took a beating. He played through some stuff. I, I'm still not sure, man. You saw that Browns game where he took the crown of the helmet right to the chest. Yeah. I'm not sure that he wasn't playing with some bruised ribs there for a few games. Right. I mean, he absolutely had to have. But uh, for the most part, I, we, he got through a season healthy. And, and now he's able to go through. I mean, he looks like he's in better shape than ever. He looks happier than ever having some weapons. Um, I've talked to his brothers. They've both said, you know, we've gone into these seasons. Of course, Derek would never say it. Nobody's ever going to say it. But we were weary of, you know, kind of the team that they were putting on the field. And even, you know, you got to think about last offseason. I remember whenever we uh, let go of Crabtree, and they're like, oh, well, who you got now? Wider? Say, oh, man, we got Jordy Nelson. And like, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm still optimistic. Yeah, man, Jordy Nelson still got it, you know. But at the end of the day, like, you know, all those people are asking those questions because there was really some questions to be asked about our team last year. And this year, yeah. man, you know, people – don't really ask much, you know, it's, it's just about our pass rush. That's all anyone has to say. So uh, I like how you wrapped it up, dude. If we can get some pressure, if our young guns can get out there and make some moves, um, man, dude, we just, all we need is just a little ferocious defense. If we can get middle of the pack defense, bro, uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. This is, this is a, this is, this could be a playoff team. We can sneak in there. Yeah. And I always say, you know, a team will tell you what they think of their personnel. And the Raiders told us that this off season, they, they didn't, like their receiving court and mm-hmm. for good reason. And they felt they needed to beef up the D line and they, they spent a lot of draft capital. They spent a lot of for, like actual capital doing that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that is what they view as their path to success. We're going to throw the ball and we're going to rush the quarterback. And if they do both those things, they'll be fine. I, I do. I do. I am a huge Derek Carr fan. And I do think, I don't think 2016 was an aberration. I think that was closer to what he can be if he's given mm-hmm. the right tools. Yeah. Um, I do think there is some, you know, show us this year. There, yeah. I don't think, I don't think the the the, the rumors of them uh, toying with picking a quarterback at four was 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 a lie. I think you know they were. I think they do put a little thought into that and eventually chose not to. Obviously, um, but they. They'd be silly not to think about it. So I don't oh, yeah, I don't yeah. fault them for that. And uh, you know, but I, I think they truly believe they have a franchise quarterback in their building right now and they need to give him what he needs to be that. And you give a guy the best receiver in football, uh, he should be that. And I, I think Derek is up for a big season this year. Yeah, no, I like that. And and I'm right. Uh, or you I should say you're right. Um they were definitely doing their due diligence, I think, on quarterbacks, and as they should every single year for the most part. I mean, I think almost every NFL team anyways does it besides, I don't know, I give it, you know, maybe 
six or seven NFL teams are probably out there maybe not looking or doing their due diligence to upgrade. Um, but with Derek, man, what it takes is he just has those – he has the intangibles, you know, the things that you yeah. don't expect every quarterback coming out of the draft to have. And I think that's something that they're trying to match. If, if, if Derek ever got replaced, it's going to be somebody that has that those same intangibles, has that same high energy, want to win, want to be a Raider, but that they think would be more talented, which, I mean, in some cases – um, as long as you know he can overcome the things that everyone thinks that he needs to fix, uh, then all those questions should go out the window, and we should go back to uh, you know happy 2016 Raiders Twitter, and uh, everything should be fine. That's you know that's what it comes down to, man. Uh, I got so tired of arguing about stuff because it's like, man, even for me, I just want to see this team win some football games. Like just go yeah. out there, man. You know, we go out there, we go two and zero, three and zero, three and one. You know, whatever, four and two. We get, we get moving up. You know, we have, we have some. You know, we have a winning percentage, dude. I, I don't even. Then I know I didn't waste my time in the off season because it is what it is, bro. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just the Twitter population or this is just Raider fans in general, but I feel like <laughs> it gets it gets to a place where like some Raider fans are rooting against them. Like they want oh, the bad dude. things to happen, and I'm like, man, like. I'm just going to be the optimist. I'm just going to root for my team. Like, I'm the guy yeah. that, you know, hey, maybe Darius Hayward Bay will be one of the best receivers yeah. in the league. You know, <laughs> and, and it wasn't, but it was like, you know, I had to, I had to, uh, you know, stay positive about it. That's that's yeah. who we drafted. He's on our team now. And so I'm just that guy. So, you know, I, I think Gary and Conley could be one of the best corners in the league. And I think Derek is a top tier quarterback when things are right for him. And, you know, playing playing coming off of a broken leg on a weird fluky tackle and then coming off of a broken pack on what was kind of a normal tackle he just got need a little bit mm-hmm. you know that's that's traumatizing like i get it i, I would yeah. be a little shaken too yeah and then and then last year you know like you said he took more sacks than he ever took and that that line was by the end of the season it was you know uh, it was it was awful so yeah i i don't fault him for some of this stuff and no. You know, learning a new offense and he didn't have too many weapons and all of that. You know, there's only the top 1% of quarterbacks who can make it happen with nothing. And even then, it's a struggle. So I, I don't mind that he needs weapons. He, he, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Clean slate right now at this yeah. point. I mean, everything's been against yeah. him this entire time. So as long as he stays healthy and everything goes good. And like, dude, man, I'm telling you, I like you a lot, man. I didn't really know exactly. I knew this conversation was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be that good because I like how you're just hitting on. You just like to be a genuine fan. Like, don't, (laughs) you know, rooting against them. What's that going to do? Like, is that going to really help you at all? Like, what are you going to say to your 25 Twitter followers that you were right six months ago? Like, (laughs) what is that going to do for you? Like, you're not going to have genuine happiness. Like, at least just. I mean, it's just our job to help these players. Like, Derek is our quarterback in 2019, and there's nothing you can say to change that. So it's like, yeah. why can't we just cheer for him? Like, it, it, no matter who it is, it's like it even comes down to, um, you know, with all this Tyree Kill drama. I don't like to, I don't want, I don't like to talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast too much because uh, he's 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 a dirtbag and he doesn't deserve my time, anyways. But right, <laughs> uh, you know, their their argument to any Raider fan is, well, you guys got Richie Incognito. I'm like, you know, I, I don't really like Richie Incognito and what he did, but you know, he, he's a Raider now and yeah. I, I'm, I'm just going to hope that whatever happens, uh, I don't know if this is his third chance, fourth chance, but I hope he takes advantage of it. And I hope, yeah. you know, if he's, if he does have, um, source of, some sort of mental instability, I hope, you know, he gets it taken care of and, and finds his happy place and maybe has a good ending to his career. I'm, you know, when it comes down to what he did, no, dude, like that's, 
he's a nutcase, man. Like right. I don't support that like crap. It. Like that's that's dirtbag <laughs> stuff. But um, you know, I don't know. I just I like to, I like to see people um, I don't know succeed. But I guess that's that's just yeah. us, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Cold Miller was the big one last year, right? Like oh, yeah. Derwin James is like, well, we didn't pick Derwin just because we need a left tackle. Like, because yeah. <laughs> they want to, they clearly want to protect their quarterback. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. He's we yeah. drafted him to be the tackle of the future and to be a franchise player, and we need him to be that. Like, it only benefits us if he becomes that, and if yeah. they can coach him up into being that. And why would you root against that? Why, exactly. why would you want to? Why would you want to go the other way? So, yeah, you know, I, I'm hoping things work out, and I really do think if things work out according to the plan that we can see publicly, this will be a really good football team. You know, yeah. It, if if they can get them everybody up to speed and everybody up to peak versions of them, yeah, the things will look better. Things people will like John Gruden a lot better in December if this team is what he thinks it is. Yeah, I agree. I like how you brought up Colton Miller too, man. He. uh He's been working hard this offseason. I like seeing him uh, sitting through meetings, uh, you know, chugging his protein shakes, really trying to put that weight on, trying to bulk up. Hey. Uh, he, he even said he's, he's man, he's packed on a lot of weight. So hopefully um, this is this is his jump. You know what I mean? We have a lot of players here, I think, that have a little bit of a prove-it year. Um, even Mo Hurst, man, as as electric as he was, um, he needs to go out there and show that, you know, he can make a leap. Uh, P.J. Hall needs to show that he can be consistent. Um, not just on certain down Arden key man Arden key dude I'm telling you and I think what's going to help him is all that competition now he has he has two rookies yeah knocking on his door and uh I think they're going to be eating out his snaps and it's almost better for him man get him in there you know when he's ready when he's fresh um and and let him get after it because I I liked him especially on passing downs yeah and I think the noise about him last year coming out of the out of the building. I don't think it was just noise I think they truly believe what they saw and you know they, they think he has physical gifts that can make him dominate or a really good player mm-hmm. and him putting the weight on this summer is big and hopefully he gets closer to what they think. Like not every player is cool Mac in that like they're yeah. not that amazing, but also that they're just not always going to have impact their rookie year. Like sometimes rookies are just rookies and yeah. it takes a while for them to be better than rookies. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting leaps from all of them from Hurst, from key from Vanderdose coming back from a knee injury and he had a full, year and a half off of it now so again I, I i think that defense line is the key of this team and i hope we see some good things out of them yeah some good stuff man i'm gonna wrap this conversation up uh bansky thanks for coming on man i i got a question actually for you um this is kind of off the wall <laughs> mm-hmm. uh your twitter profile boogie buzzins where does that come from bro <laughs> well i'm from sacramento and uh demarcus uh he, I wouldn't call him a friend, but we've had interactions, and uh, I know his manager and stuff like that. So I'm just a fan of him, and okay. his nickname is Boogie Cousins, and replaced the C with a B, and just <laughs> it just kind of stuck. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to trick people into thinking I was Demarcus Cousins, but it kind of stuck. And you know, uh, when you when you turn your account into a brand on accident, you kind of got to roll with it. So that's what I ended up with. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny, man. Yeah, because I clicked on that first. I'm like, man, I'm like oh, this guy sounds kind of. I'm like, no, man, it's just. Oh, he's just kind of like a. I, at first, I thought you were like a parody account. I'm like, okay, so yeah, this guy's gonna crack some I, jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah, for like a while, like my picture was something. I think it was my daughter or something. I said, let me put a picture of me so they know I'm like a human, and they'll still <laughs> think I'm Demarcus. I'm like, yo, does that guy on there look like Demarcus? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, man. Okay. So that clears it up. That clears it up. So <laughs> for for everyone that that follows you on Twitter, and for everyone that doesn't follow, that's at Bansky 
Uh, look for Boogie Buzzins. You'll see the description in his bio. A reminder that he is not DeMarcus Cousins. Isn't there like a uh, like, like an artist? Yes, there's a painter named Banksy. And Banksy, yeah, yes. I'm not him either. And and that's like uh, my buddy's a big fan of him. And like Banksy's whole deal is that he's like incognito. We don't know who he is. And I used oh. to tell him like, yeah, I could be Bansky. And I was telling him after like a month and he was letting me say <laughs> it wrong. And he finally got mad one day. He's like, you know, the guy's name is Banksy, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't know. <laughs> so by then, that was my Twitter name. And again, it stuck. And here we are. So your entire Twitter profile is decided through things that you have no reason why you decided them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just nothing. Just a bunch of nothing. I and, like that. And, That's a summary of Twitter, man. That's a summary of Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Good stuff. Eddie, man, thanks for coming on. I look forward to anyone that's listening here. If you have any interest in basketball, I guarantee that you're going to appreciate his podcast. It's going to be probably similar to mine. Uh, It's not going to be centered around a certain team. It'll be over the entire NBA. Um, But it's going to focus on the culture, the players, um, zone in on certain things going on around the league. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, Eddie. Um, where exactly can we find your podcast? Uh, everywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, on the Blue Wire website. Um, on the pod, there's a podcasting app. And you can find it on there. So it's everywhere. <laughs> and uh, you know that's testament to Blue Wire doing doing their job. So. <laughs> and that's that's tampering season, right? That's the name yes, of it. Season S Z N tampering cool. season. Perfect, man. Actually, I'm already subscribed, so I I I just playing dumb so you could explain it to the listeners. But you know, <laughs> you know how it goes. But yeah. Eddie, man, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know you're a big time Raiders fan, so I'm sure we will be in contact during the season, man. Of course. Thanks for having me, bro. Of course, and go Raiders. That was a super cool chat with Bansky. It was cool to finally hear him on the mic. Cool to hear him chop up some Raiders football. Go really in depth. I know he's a uh, more of a hoops guy, but. Uh, he bleeds silver and black just like the rest of us, so that was cool to get to talk to him. But what we're going to do real quick, we're going to get Kenny on here shortly, but we're going to take this quick break provided by Blue Wire, and when we come back, we will be talking about training camp that has just kicked off. Summertime is pool time. All pool owners know the hardest thing about owning a pool is keeping the water safe. Testing your pool water is easy, but figuring out what to put in it can be a pain. Sutro has solved that problem. Sutro's free pool chemical calculator takes the hassle out of treating your pool. Our simple text-based interface allows you to test, text, and then treat your pool. Go to mysutro.com slash bluewire to sign up for Sutro's free pool calculator. If you own a pool or you have friends or family who do, tell them about Sutro. It's simple, safe, and convenient way to keep your pool water safe. Take the guesswork out of pool work with Sutro. Sign up for free at mysutro.com slash bluewire. That's M-Y-S-U-T-R-O dot com slash bluewire. And then we have 8sleep. Look at the world's tech leaders and high-growth startup CEOs. I bet you wonder how in the world do they have that kind of inexhaustible energy to do what they do. The answer will surprise you. The latest trend with top tech leaders is sleep optimization. While most Americans are not getting the sleep they need, tech founders and CEOs are optimizing their sleep to perform at peak level every day. The first step, the pod by 8sleep, the ultimate sleep machine. The pod is the first and only high-tech bed designed to help you achieve peak mind and body performance. Are you looking to sleep deeper? The pod dynamically adjusts the temperature on each side of the bed so you're comfortable all night. Do you want to know your sleep intel? 
The pod tracks your biometrics while you sleep with no need for wearable technology. Do you want to sleep better? Enjoy personalized programs and coaching designed by experts, guiding you towards true sleep fitness. Because the better you sleep, the better you everything. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. Only at 8sleep.com slash bluewire. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash bluewire. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash bluewire. Now let's get back to business. Like I said, we're going to bring Kenny King in here. We got training camp rolling. We haven't had time to really talk about it much. So we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump into it. We're going to go ahead and get this real talk underway. Oh, yeah, baby. Got a little kick to sneak in the house today. I feel good about that. What's up, brother? What's going on, Kenny? I thought I'd drop in a fresh beat for us, you know, since we got camp kicking off. It's a fresh new season, man. What's going on? Man, I'm just I'm sitting here gigging out to that go, getting excited about camp. Hard knocks in the building. Me and you gonna be there on Sunday. We're gonna see some uh, see some familiar faces, some new faces, and uh, have a little fun. I'm excited, bro. Absolutely. Speaking of camp, bro, like you said, Sunday, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. We should see even our buddy Matt Fallon there. We got some we got some stuff to talk about with him, but <laughs> we'll hold that for Sunday, man. But uh, the main thing, whenever we go to camp. What I'm looking at, you know, you, you can see that, you know, the, the normal practices of the team, you can see what's going on. But what I'm looking at is a certain group of position battles. Yes. The first one that stands out to me is cornerback. What exactly do you expect out of our cornerback position this year? One of the things that I'm looking forward to, to seeing with the cornerback position is, uh, you know, more... Uh, more continuity, more shutdowns, more lockdowns. Uh, we've historically not performed well, uh, and I think that we've had a uh, we had a big jump at the end of last year with with Daryl Worley and Gary Conley. So, uh, you know, first things first. I saw a report uh, that came out uh, saying that that Conley may not be the CB one uh, because Gunther likes the larger, taller, more physical corners. Um, Let's just let's put that put that aside. I, I think that one's not gonna. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna fly. I agree. I agree with that, man. Gary and Conley might not necessarily be the prototypical corner that Paul Gunther has, but you can't deny production, man. If he goes out there and he's shutting down wide receivers, I don't care what build he is. If he's the guy, he's the guy. Gary and Conley, GC twenty one, Conley Island. I think that's our dude this year, man. Yeah, I think Hoodie G is going to shut down a lot of players. You know, yeah. he did a great job against Tyreek Hill last year. Um, notably, he did a great job against Antonio Brown as well. So yeah. I think that he's only going to progress. Uh, his, it being his second year in, in Gunther's system, I expect to see him as, as CB1. I think some of the battles that we look at, um, and, and most notably the biggest battle, is going to be between Daryl Worley and Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. Um, you know, Daryl Worley's in, in that second year with us. Uh, he had a great year last year. He did have some missteps, but he, he performed well. And he's he's a big body, uh, taller, larger corner that, that can really uh, play physically. But then you look at Trayvon Mullen, and, you know, obviously, whereas he's raw coming in as a rookie, I think that he has the ability to be uh, one of the top cornerbacks in, in the division. What it's going to come down to is Gary Conley being CB1, 
Daryl Worley and Trayvon Mullen, I think they could be at a point where they're going to be sharing reps at some point throughout the season. I think Daryl Worley gets the benefit of the doubt uh, week one. Uh, but we also have now Isaiah Johnson coming in. Big, tall, physical corner. A little raw, so I don't necessarily mm-hmm. see him getting a whole lot of playing time. But we also signed Nevin Lawson coming in. I kind of call him our Detroit DJ Hayden, so I'm not yeah. really sure how he's going to fit in, but I think he gets a role. And we also still have Nick Nelson, who's going to be learning Nickel behind Nelson. Nickel Nelson, man. He's not quite Nickel Nelson this year, but he's going to be learning behind LaMarcus Joyner, so there's still hope. Um, do you have any other guys that you're keeping your eye on throughout camp, or do you think that rounds out this group? You know, obviously we signed DJ Killings, and uh, you know we also have Keyshawn Nixon. So I think that those are two guys that, that we'll be looking at in camp. Uh, they obviously aren't going to be getting too many reps since they're lower on the depth chart, uh, but there are definitely some guys we want to keep our eyes on. Exactly, man. Now, the next group I want to look at real quick is linebacker. Linebacker, I think, would be probably the, the most turnover that we've had at a position besides wide receiver. But what's great about what we did with linebacker is we kept our great young core, but we brought in a ton of veteran talent. Of course, we already had Tier Whitehead. He wasn't necessarily, I think, the guy that we expected him to be. I think we were looking for a guy a little bit more fresh, but... We bring in Vontez Perfect, a guy that knows the system. He comes in. He's going to step in as a starting middle linebacker. We bring in Brandon, Brandon Marshall, a super talented guy that if he can stay on the field will contribute enormously. And then we have a couple guys that, I mean, I'm really high on. We have Nicholas Morrow that will hopefully still – we saw him start a few times last year. He wasn't quite the same. He's that gadget guy. Bring him in situationally. Put him in coverage. The dude's fast. And Markel Lee – Short yardage uh, situations, man. Markel Lee's my dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking on uh, some big shoes to fill here now that he's made a jersey number change to 52. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Markel Lee, I've been high on this guy his entire career. Just his energy alone, I love it. Uh, he has my full support. And also, mainly in middle linebacker, I think I'm looking at the depth and the youth of uh, Tevin Coney and Jason Kambenda. Those two, both of them. Tevin Coney is going to be fighting for a spot. And this is what's hard is, I mean, I feel like we stole him coming out undrafted. But I don't think if he doesn't make it to the 53, he's not going to clear, he's not going to clear waivers. If, if, if we cut him or if he doesn't make that 53, he ain't hitting our practice squad. He's going to end up somewhere. There's no, he has no business not being on someone's 53. So between Jason Cabinda, Tevin Coney, learned behind Vontez Perfect, um, they could be maybe even pushing out if one of them can play special teams. They could be pushing out a guy like Kyle Wilbur carrying a little bit of a contract just for special teams and Koa Farmer in there. So linebacker competition at depth wise for our young guys is for sure heavy and I'm loving it, man. Yeah, I agree. I think that Coney's going to be a big. Uh, he's going to be a big guy that that we're going to be looking at. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that, that, that you probably see featured on Hard Knocks. Um, somebody yeah. that they're going to highlight and, and somebody that's, that that plays with a high motor. Uh, you know, we were talking about this before. You know, during the draft, and that we were surprised that he didn't get drafted. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a big physical. Uh, prototypical linebacker um, you know he does he does uh, lack a little bit of a little bit of flexibility in the hips um, but he is a guy that's going to be able to get up in the box and make a play so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with him yeah his main hit was his off the field issues so as long as he keeps it cleaned up great player we just got to somehow keep him in the silver and black but Kenny the next I'd say huh, this should have been almost number one because this was our biggest question mark coming into it Defensive end. What do you think about defensive end this year? You know, on paper, 
it on paper it looks good but it also doesn't look good the reason why the reason why it looks good is because we have a lot of young talent we have a lot of raw talent the reason why it doesn't look good to some people is because there are a lot of rookies and it's a lot of guys that are unproven um we leave this list with with Cleveland Farrell our number four pick mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he's a guy out of Clemson he he had a hell of a year um I think that he's going to come in and obviously earn that earn earn that starting spot. Uh, he's also a guy I look at maybe to possibly be a team captain, a defensive captain, because of his leadership um, on and off the field. I think that he's a very vocal guy. Um, he's somebody that obviously has caught the intention of Mike Mayock, John Gruden, uh, as well as Paul Gunther. They, you know, nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Uh, they've got a lot of respect for this guy. I think another guy that, that's going to make a lot of waves, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite on Hard Knocks, is going to be Max Crosby. Mad uh, we Max, had, yeah. we had him. We had him on the pod. Um, we've seen him. We've seen him on social media. Max is. He's always. He's his motor's always running. He's a guy yeah. that, you know, he's. You know what they say? He's a poor man's Jared Allen. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, we rounded out with, you know, second year player Arden Key. Um, yeah. Arden Key got to the court. He got close to the quarterback a lot last year. Uh, Arden Key's <laughs> issue was that he ran past the quarterback. Um, if we can focus on him breaking down, making those tackles, I think that he could be a force to be reckoned with. He played a lot like Alden Smith uh, with his with his size and speed, um, but he also had a lot of the off field issues going into going coming out of college, and that's why he was drafted where he was. I think that you know with the you know, with the tutelage of of Paul Gunther and what he can do, I feel like he may have a pretty good pretty good season. The the issue that I see with defensive end is we literally have the perfect roster of depth. We're literally just lacking, I think, one star defensive end. Because yeah. you look at what we have, we have Arden Key, Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell. Those are all great rotational guys that could come in fresh. They're young. They're perfect. And then we have a couple guys like Josh Morrow who can rotate in on short yardage downs, which I've heard reported that he could possibly be uh, a starting defensive end, which I'm not a big fan of. He's played, what, maybe like five years in the NFL, and he's only recorded like three sacks. But the dude is a brick wall in the run game, and although we didn't have any pressure last year, uh, I think that that masked our atrocious run game because we could not stop the runner to save our life. And bringing back Benson Mayoa, I think that helps big time. So... Whenever I'm looking at a camp battle, those three young guys, that's what I'm looking at. Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby, Arden Key. And I'll tell you what, Kenny, I'd be lying if I told you I wouldn't be sitting down with you Sunday watching the the athletic freak of Quentin Bell uh, running through some of these drills, man. I don't see see a scenario where Quentin Quentin Bell doesn't make the roster. I think that they they have to find some way, some way, some shape, somehow for him to make that roster because of one – the athletic prowess that the guy brings to the field he, it's yep. virtually something that you've never seen before the guy runs with db speed and the size of a defensive end uh, i think that he's definitely a guy that we, we look to make the roster but now my question for you cody is you know i, I saw a couple of reports that the raiders may uh, maybe seriously looking at jadavion Clowney. what do you what do you think about that Ooh, i mean there's some whispers going on around that and i'll tell you if that's true I am all on board because, like I just said, man, we are just one star player, one stud, one solid guy away from having a great uh, group of defensive ends. And really, I mean, even taking our interior defensive linemen to the next level. Yeah. I mean, those guys in there ain't going to be able to eat um, if they're also, you know, getting extra help from some of the 
from some of the guys on the outside. So, uh, I mean, if Devion Clowney, if that's the answer, um, I'm all for it, man, because you got to look at him and maybe the sacks aren't quite there in his previous years, but he's really proven to be an all-around defensive end yep. if it's the mold perfect. And you know what? Um, he hasn't had big, super flashy years. I mean, the name and the draft pick, I think, will carry a big price, but I think it's worth it for us. And guess what? I mean, he's going to be what? Commanding, I'd say, close to what Khalil Mack is making now, 20, 21 mil. And we got about 19 million in cap space. So the recipe is there. It's just a matter if uh, Mike Mayock decides to mix up the ingredients and pop it in the oven. So I guess we'll find out. Absolutely. I'd be I'd be all here for it. You know, I, I'm a big fan of clowning. Um, you know, obviously the injuries are, are a concern. But I think with the rotational guys of Farrell, Crosby, Key, and uh, and even Quentin Bell, I think that that would add another wrinkle to this defense and, and take us to take us to where we need to be on that on that defensive line. Absolutely. So we're about one piece, I think, away from being awesome, unless these yep. young guys step up on defensive end. So yeah, big time. That I think defensive end should have been number one on our camp battle list. But moving down. I'm also looking at safety. And the main reason I'm looking at safety, I think, is because of guys like Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph should be, on paper, our best safety uh, outside of LaMarcus Joyner, but he doesn't really count. So, But Carl Joseph coming in here, I think, still carries a little bit of trade value. I'm not sure that the Raiders are completely sold on him and maybe the contract that he might command. So I'm looking at Carl Joseph. I'm looking at Eric Harris who contributed in a big way, earned a new contract. And then I'm looking at Jonathan Abram. We've already talked about him. High mm-hmm. energy coming in. He's wanting to hit people. We, we heard this press conference and he's, I mean, we're going through walkthroughs and this guy's wanting to hit people. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he's old school. He's a Raider. Um, I was weary of people, you know, picking up the number 24 Jersey because it holds a, a close spot in my heart. I'm, I'm currently sitting on a chair with with a Charles Woodson jersey hanging over it, staring at a at a signed Charles <laughs> Woodson picture as we're recording this. So number twenty weighs heavy on my heart. Marshawn Lynch represented well because he was he was a Raider through and through, even though it was a short term. Uh, but Jonathan Abram, from what I can see, my early prognosis here, Kenny, he's going to be great. And depending on what we do with Carl Joseph, I think is going to be the only thing that I see that I'm looking for in a camp battle and also like i said with lamarcus joiner i think there's going to be times that he's rotating it around there's no reason mm-hmm. a, a player like lamarcus joiner if he's going to be our slot wide receiver tell me if, we, if we're in a third and short situation and we got two wide receivers out there on the field you're going to tell me that lamarcus joiner's gonna be sitting on the sideline because we don't have a slot to pick up no right. he's going to be rotating in there's going to be someone i think just kind of how we did last year with our corners I think we're going to be kind of doing the same thing with our safeties. Depending on the situation, uh, we got three talented safeties uh, that we're going to be rotating around. Should I say just about four talented safeties are going to be rotating around situations. And uh, I think that could really work to our advantage. Now it's just a matter of who takes the most advantage of their opportunity in camp. No, I totally agree. I think that Carl Joseph is a guy that that we uh, we have a big question mark around. You know, obviously the Raiders didn't pick up his fifth year option. Um, you know, we we know um, we know that Joel Siegel is his agent, um, and notoriously the Raiders have not had <laughs> great history with with Siegel. Um, you know, we know that Carl Joseph 
was in and out of favor of of the coaching staff last year um, due to lack of size, due to lack of coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that he's also a player that can come up and make a big play. He can make a big pop. And yeah. uh, for half of the year, he was out of position. And when he was moved, he played significantly better. So I think that he does carry a significant amount of trade value. Uh, and, you know, he may be a guy that we might look at as packaging for said Jadavion Clowney Ooh. seeing as how seeing as how the Texans just lost Tyron Matthew so oh. you know there there's that opportunity there uh, you know not it's just a thought dude I'm telling you uh, listeners you heard it here first Kenny King dropping some knowledge that is a definite possibility I approve that message but moving down from safety I want to ask you about slot wide receiver. Of course, Ooh. we have Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams. No one's going to ask any questions about those two. Those are our one and two. Looking at slot, we signed Ryan Grant early on. I got that's had talent but hasn't proven consistency. We came in, we drafted Hunter Renfro, a fan favorite already. It's funny because I see almost everybody that I've talked to. They, they consider Hunter Renfro. Now, a guy that nobody's thinking about, I'm really high on, is Hunter Renfro. <laughs> it's like every single person saying it. So at right. this point, he's not a sleeper candidate. Everybody loves Hunter. Sky is the limit for him. But we also now have a third guy that I want to throw into the mix here for you is Keelan Doss. Today in the press yeah. conference, um, he was being touted as a guy that can really uh, play anywhere. He can play all three positions of wide receiver, Kenny, what is your opinion of slot wide receiver uh, going into this season? I think for um, I think for slot receiver, you know, obviously we also you, we have, we also have JJ Nelson, um, oh, who's yeah, another yeah, guy, yeah. you know, another speedster that that they may use. But um, I, for me personally, looking at it, I feel like this is Hunter Renfro's job to lose. I think that you know when you think of a slot, you you want a guy that's sure-handed, that can come across the middle, that can make a you know make the short catches, make a you know make a good play, move the sticks, and that's exactly what Hunter Renfro does. Mm-hmm. That's his nickname in college was Third and Renfro because yeah. that's what he did. Uh, the guy is a first down machine. Uh, he doesn't drop a lot of balls, and you know he's I feel like he's the perfect complement to the other two receivers in in Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown. I think that he's almost that sleeper guy that you almost forget about um, that, you know, kind of hits you in the mouth and and goes for 15, 20 yards. Yep. You know, Keelan Doss is, he's, he's somebody who, who stands out to me is, is, is an anomaly. He's, he's one of those players. Once again, that you thought would have been drafted, would have been drafted earlier and ended up being an undrafted free agent. Um, and the fact that he fell to us, this, this is a guy that, you know, we talked about a lot that we really liked. Um, big body, fast, can catch, can play every position. I see him more as maybe a wide receiver four and beating out Marcel Aitman uh, yeah. for that for that role. They're the same body type. They're the same player. Uh, but he's got a little bit better hands and he's a little less raw than Aitman is. Uh, but I for for slot, I, I really I really uh I'm looking forward to seeing Renfro flourish in that role. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that we're kind of on the same page. Hunter Renfro is definitely the favorite. Of course, he has to prove it through camp. Ryan right. Grant coming in. Of course, we signed him. Um, I think he's actually only rolling on like a one-year million-dollar contract. Almost no guaranteed money. I think it's like $100,000 guaranteed money. Keelan Doss, I think, would definitely be the option over Ryan Grant because just like Tavon Coney, if we let Keelan Doss go – 
Yep. Um, the, I'm sorry, he's not clearing waivers either. So, no. um, I think our wide receiver group is, is kind of rounding out with with a Keelan Doss, and then it could come down to either Marcel Aitman or Ryan Grant. We'll see how that one ends up. Um, but uh, just like wide receiver, I want to end this on one last position group that we're looking at. Um, another controversial controversial uh, position group after the departure of Jared Cook. I want to look at tight end here. Um, of course, now Darren Waller has been hyped up pretty much the most as our starting tight end. But I don't necessarily see us uh, just deploying one tight end. Um, no. Waller is going to be the most athletic. I think the fastest. He's going to be the most uh, Jared Cook-esque tight end. But the way I'm looking at it, we don't need a Jared Cook this year. We need a guy that's going to be kind of all around. So whenever you look at Darren Waller, there's going to be guys like Foster Moreau and Paul Butler that are ready to step in and be versatile, pick up blocks, step in in the run game. I mean, Paul Butler, for one, is an absolute monster. I mean, give me, I'll tell you what, throw that guy next to Trent Brown and just run at those two. I mean, I, all day long. But Foster Moreau is another guy that's going to come in, and if he can develop – quickly um I mean, of course i'm not necessarily looking for anything this year we know how tight ends develop but he is very promising as another versatile tight end um, but then you see guys like Derek carrier luke wilson and eric swoop um, those guys are pretty much going to be battling for their lives to stay on the mm-hmm. roster um, of course i think it even comes down to health but what i'm most confident in with this group and what i look forward to kenny king is uh at the end of last year we gave out I guess our MVP awards and my favorite coach of last year was tight end coach Frank Smith because I mean of course Jared Cook stepped up and he was a top three tight end but whenever any other tight end whenever their number was called you you, they performed so that Frank Smith had those guys ready and just even though Jared Cook's gone now I think he's gonna have these guys ready to go locked and loaded and tight end, we might have, we might be changing the game here, man. Uh, we're throwing it back to 1998, man. We got it. We got a tight yeah. end by committee going on, man. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. You know, and and one thing you touched on was, you know, the tight end, the tight end position last year is, um, you know, historically the Raiders have, historically the Raiders have always had great tight ends. Uh, Dave Casper, Todd Christensen. Um, you know, getting into the pat in the most recent years, we haven't had the most success at tight ends. We've we've mm-hmm. we've flip flopped around a lot of guys with Mike Rivera and uh, you know even going back to Ricky Dudley. You know, guys that <laughs> you know we think are going to be you know really well and, and Doug Jolly, guys that we think are going to play really Jolly. well and, and just oh, I love that guy, <laughs> dude. He was a fan favorite, but he just yeah. wasn't the guy that he no. was supposed to be. Mm-mm. You look at last year. You look at the production of Jared Cook. You look at the production of Derek Carrier. Um, you know he he didn't produce a lot, but when he was on the field, he made his plays count. Another guy that you know that this has always been an unsung hero and one of my favorite players on the team last year was Lee Smith. The guy was just you know they they would say that he's a lunch and pa- uh, a lunch pail kind of guy because. He comes to work, he keeps his mouth shut, and he, he knocks you in your face every single yep. play. And then when it's time to throw the ball to him, he catches that thing like a loaf of bread and takes it into the end zone. He went, what did he go, three games with a, with a touchdown? Yep. Three games straight with a touchdown. Three like straight. 10 yards. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you look, at the, you look at this group now, 
I feel like Waller is going to fill that Jared Cook spot. And I feel that Paul Butler could easily fill that Lee Smith spot because he's yeah. going to line up and he's going to knock you in the ground and he can still go out and catch the ball if he needs to. Um, but like you said, you know, I, I, I peg Swoop as a guy that, that may make this roster and may do something well. But seeing the relationship that Derek Carr and Foster Moreau have built, I feel like Foster's going to be – he's going to be a, a target as well. But, yeah, Kenny King, the main reason I'm excited to talk about this and get this on the pod, uh, when everyone's listening to this, we're pretty much most likely – I mean, I'd say over half of our listeners listen on the first day. We, me and you, Kenny King, are going to be sitting in Napa, VIP, enjoying Alumni Weekend at training camp. Bro, I am so ready for this, dude. Bro, I'm super fired up. And, you know, the the fact that I just found out that my dad's going to be there, is, is it's a little bit of icing yeah. on the cake. Um, you know, so I didn't know until yesterday that he was going to be there. So we get to hang out with him and, you know, some of the other guys and, you know, just hang out with – it's alumni weekend. So you'll have a lot of the old players there. and We get to hear some stories. And it, it's going to be a good time. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. There we go, man. The OG Kitty King. Kenny, man, thanks for coming on and breaking this stuff down. It's good because we finally got some content to talk about. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record throughout the off season or through the slow time, uh, just giving people way too much stuff, way too much opinion. So I'm glad that football's finally here. We can talk about it week by week as it goes, man. And uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to it, brother. I'll see you tomorrow, man. All right, brother. We'll see you. Hey Raider Nation, hope you're ready for Hard Knocks. We got training camp firing it up, and things are getting exciting for the Oakland Raiders. And don't miss Layla's Quarter. You can find me on Instagram. So there we have it, wrapping up episode 35 strong. By the time you listen to this, or while you're listening to it, me and Kenny King will be at training camp. Uh, So if you have any questions, or if you have anything you want to talk about with us, make sure you find us on Twitter, hit us up, we'll be there. Um, we're definitely open to all things. We'll be trying to get in the loop with everything that we can see. But other than that, like I said, we're still working on launching our mailbag and getting our phone calls fired back up for some post-game reactions. Uh, so be on the lookout for, for news updates on our Twitter page. But other than that, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we changed our t-shirt brands to designtree.com. That's D-S-G-N tree.com uh you can scroll down there's a there's a blue wire tab we're in the group of blue wire shirts uh you'll see us somewhere up there towards the top or you can just go ahead and search raider cody and eventually like i said i'll be popping links onto my website so make sure you buy a shirt and support it we get a little sliver of that so it definitely supports the show just like our stickers um so if you buy a t-shirt uh that's definitely supporting the raider cody podcast and we greatly appreciate it but training camp is underway The Raider Cody podcast is getting fired up. So until next week, Raider Nation, we'll see you guys.